Oh, hey, everybody, we're back. And it's great to see you again. I bet you're wondering, is Rainforest okay? Is Colorado now just a frozen tundra devoid of life? Was it all too much for Malone? And was he forced to eat Dave to survive? And the answers to all your questions is a resounding maybe. The good news is that the show is back and we have a ton of new episodes just waiting for you to comment on. Assuming Caesar Milan's methods work on a pocket beagle long enough for me to finish editing. Along with the new episodes, I have a restorative justice graphic novel coming out, a bunch of talks at University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and bomb bada bomb, a Patreon page. Yes, if you go to patreon.com slash the shakedown, you'll find out more about our latest projects and get access to some exclusive stuff like our holiday special. So much cool stuff is on the way. We have some great topics. I have some ideas for different formats, which I definitely want your feedback on. And I have some guests in the works. Plus, we have an all new fancy schmancy intro, which you will see right about. Hello. And welcome to The Shakedown, where we discuss the criminal justice system from the inside out. The goal of this podcast is to explain how the criminal justice system works from policing to courts to prison to parole and how they affect all of us. The hosts of The Shakedown draw from personal experience and share their stories. Our hosts include Malone, who spent 30 years in Texas prisons and is now a published comic book artist. Dave has been in and out of prisons for most of his life and is a proud dad. Both have traveled the country speaking about their experience with Texas prisons. My name is Ryan, a.k.a. Rainforest, and I spent six years in Texas prisons, during which time I studied sociology, criminology, and writing. I now live up in Colorado, where I help with local projects to help those struggling in the community. And now, here's our show. today because we both have experience with cellmates inside of Texas prisons and um, the reason that this we want to talk about this topic is because we uh, well because I was listening to another podcast that talked about that talked about cellmates and they were actually taught like revisiting it revisiting the topic and um the they were talking about kind of how people interacted with their cellies and they were trying to like give an idea of what it's like to have in cellmate in prison but the host of the show who had never been inside prison did not um really at even after doing the show for doing a hundred episodes, the whole reason they were covering this topic is because there was their hundredth episode. Said that picking your cellmate is like dating, because you have to, like, you're choosing someone to spend your time with, and that's what she was equivalent. Like she was thinking it was like, because you're trying to pick who you spend time with. I immediately had a very big concern with this analogy. Um, and Dave, I'm wondering if you can immediately see the concern I would have with the thought that 
with what her thinking is on what that's like. I can totally get it. It's uh, she was talking about that you're choosing who to spend your time with, but you're not. It, the state is choosing who you're going to spend your time with. Right. And you that's and yeah. It's the only thing I can compare it to. I guess would be like living in a college dorm where you don't know mm-hmm. who your roommate's going to be. You just find out when you get to, you know you start your semester. Right. And and some like it's like that, except for there's no way you're getting out of it. Like once once you're in, you're pretty much like this is the person you're living with. Um, there's not real there's people you can appeal to, but you're gonna be very hard pressed to get out of it. And if you do get out of it, there's generally consequences that that come with it. Yeah, and most people get out of it by catching a major case. Right. You know, so that's a major disciplinary case, and, you know, you're just, it's not. There's, con- like you said, there's consequences that go along with that. Yeah, and so there's, um, there's, I, I remember one, Sully, was, like, the whole, like, the reason we, we were not Sully's anymore is because he wanted to fight, and then we, and, and, like, or then I ended up in sex. Because I wasn't going to stay in the cell with them anymore, and so that was that's how that goes down. <laughs> and so, um, it, like that's that you. It's not. It's not a like dating is you're actively trying to choose a partner or, or something like that. Even, the dorms, yeah, you kind you kind of you. There's still some you can still have some sort of appeal, but. This the problem is is that this is going to be something that affects your day to day life, and like this is where you live, this is where you come home to, and you're stuck with this person, and you're basically you're an eight by ten at best. So, well, maybe sometimes it's a little bit better, but eight by ten cell, um, stuck with this person. Yeah, and it's you know, luckily, hopefully, you get a celly who are you know that is on an opposing schedule from you so that while they're at work, you're off. And while you're at work, they're off or you find you have one that likes to go to rec or likes to be out in the day room or whatever, because then, you know, like they have the ins and outs and like most units I was on the ins and outs are supposed to be every hour, but are they ever every hour? Oh no, never. There, there were so many, so when I was at Ramsey one, that was one of the few units that had college classes in it. And they basically, one of their count time, their college count time, they were supposed to basically, they had a count before the college classes and they had a count right after classes were supposed to start, which was, it was in an hour period. And so they were supposed to do an in and out after that first count cleared and then they were supposed to do um an in and out before that next count when the college classes when the college classes were supposed to start but that didn't happen that like like there was many times where guys who were supposed to be at their college classes couldn't make their class because they didn't do the in and out that they were supposed to do in between that those those two count times so people would get either get stuck out in the day room or or like if they were 
well, like if they were taking the college class, they'd be stuck in their cell thinking that they had some time to just sit there and wait, like, you know, to or rest, you know, after they went to their job or whatever. Yeah, but it's, you know, that's like, it's another thing too. You're coming in from work and you're waiting for, for them to roll the doors for an end, you know, and it's like, you're just stuck. You're, you know, until they decide that they want to open the door. Right. Yeah. So one of the things uh, a lot of people don't think about is that when you come home, you you have the keys to your house. So you open the doors. You're in charge of it. You, you're the person. You and anyone else you give keys to, you are supposed to be the only person who has, who has access to get in and out. Um, and then if someone else does it, then they're breaking and entering. So prison, it's totally backwards. It's basically you, the the person who lives in the cell, doesn't have access to that. Like you can't open your own cell door and you can't just ask for it on demand. They have those in and outs that are supposed to run every hour to let you go in or go out. And some places it's you can only go in at this time and only go out at this time. And um, and they'll write you a case if you go out on an in or an in on an out. Um, and they, the, I, like, so you have to wait for an officer to come and roll, like, to actually open the door for you. And just envision that, like, if, like, we're, you live right now if you you were dependent on someone else opening the door for you and if they have something else going on in their life then they're not there's gonna be plenty of times where they're just not gonna open the door and if you have a unit full of you know hundreds of other guys and there's gonna always be something else going on so the in and outs there's plenty of times when their in and outs just aren't gonna happen that's true. And then, you know, and it's also, the internets are not going to happen. And then, I mean, what happens if you're, <clears throat> you and your cellular are not getting along? Yeah. You know, I mean, I've gotten into quite a few fights with people that I shared a cell with. And it, like, you know, but it's like one of those things. It's like, you can be from two completely different worlds, but when you're in that cell together, you learn how to get along to where you can cohabitate. Especially considering, like, you know, at Ramsey, the, the cells are four by eight. You know, like, you can't, you have to get along with the person you're sharing a cell with. And even then, you'll get tired of them. I, yeah. You have, you have to, you know, you have to get along with them. You don't necessarily have to like them or anything like that. But you have to learn how to, to navigate with them. Otherwise, it's, you're... It get it. You're gonna have to. You're or you're gonna have to like learn how to live out like without ever going into your cell or you know with going into your cell only to sleep. And even then, something can happen. Plus, there's always lockdowns, and you're stuck with that person for 24 hours a day, and you're gonna have to deal with that person, which is, uh, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely, 
you can definitely get to know somebody very well in prison just by spending time in a cell with them. Right. You know, I mean, like you were saying, especially on a lockdown, because on lockdown, what do you have to do? Nothing. You just sit in that cell. They bring you all your meals. It's just, you know, so it's, you have no choice but to get to know people. Dogs are harassing me. Understandable. Yeah. Everybody, if you don't know, I have a dog, Nina. Y'all probably, some of you might know who she is, but I'm also babysitting a dog and tomorrow he goes home. Oh, he goes home? Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the other dog. Juan comes home tomorrow, so he'll pick up, he'll pick up this other dog. Well, his dog, I should say. Not this other dog. Right. That's, yeah. That's, that, I have one dog, and that's, yeah, it feels like a full, one tiny dog, and it feels like a full house. So I can, yeah, understand two pit bulls. That's funny, too. You know, you're talking about cohabitating space, and, like, with Sully's, and... Like, I've spent the week with not one dog, but two. And I'm used to, you know, just the way things are in my house with my dog. I know how she's going to act. I know how she's going to react. I just know how everything is going to be. But unexpectedly, I got another dog, right? And it's sort of like the same thing with the Sally situation. It's like, you know, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, boom, you've got a new Sally. Yeah. And you're... I mean, nobody likes change, so your comfort zone gets thrown off, everything gets thrown off, and then you find, you know, your balance or, or what have you and to where you can get along, and everything is everything is cool again. And then I don't understand why Texas does this, but they will just randomly move people. Yeah, they – yeah, there was plenty of times where they had random moves, like they uh, – it would – Usually they do move like a, like a lot of times when it wasn't random, it was for jobs or for classes or for like hardship, like for like to be close to families. Um, but yeah, they'll do randomly. All of a sudden people will get new assignments. A lot of times um, there was one unit I was at um, where they had a new warden come in and that was, part of his thing like it seemed like that he just decided that he was going to rearrange the dorms like the way that the they were set up um and so he came around and there was just over a week like the whole no one got moved off the unit just everyone on the unit got shuffled around which and this was up at dalhart so there was like in the middle of nowhere most people were kind of like stuck up there. So all of a sudden everything just got changed around, which, and then of course it just, things went off from there because then, then there's a lot more fights then there's a lot more because everyone's got to, when you're, when there's a new Sally, then everyone's got to be, got to set their boundaries the way that they set their boundaries. That's true. And it's just so, I mean, it's dumb. It's just basic common courtesy, you know? Yeah. You would think it's common courtesy, but the thing is, is one thing I learned was that each person has a different rule for what common courtesy. That's true. One, one guy I was with, like, he, his version of common courtesy was, you need to make sure that, like, you can see reflection in every piece of metal and, like, and on the floors. 
like in the cell, which is, I, I like, I didn't even know it was possible that you could do that in the cell. And, uh, I was like, I don't like, it's not that like, I wasn't trying to be clean, but it was like, I was like, this is a whole new level compared to where I was at. And for some people, and then also like one of the first things I had to learn was like, uh, flushing the toilet when like constantly flushing the toilet and that's so dumb yeah so much water Uh, yeah yeah if anyone is concerned about like wasting water and like like um like climate or or i shouldn't it's not climate things it's about just general waste prisons waste so much stuff because of the way that they're set up and like so when you go into uh prison in texas guys will immediately tell you hey when you're peeing uh, make sure you're constantly flushing the toilet while because i don't you know no one wants to hear you peeing so because you're in a you're basically your toilet is two feet from your bunk they don't want to hear you peeing so they'd rather hear a, a toilet flush which these in, are industrial toilets so the flush is the loudest flush you have ever heard you can hear it from when you hear when a toilet flushes in a prison everyone can hear it it it's insanely loud but they would most guys are like no you gotta keep flushing um multiple times as long as you're peeing so that no one hears that or whatever doing whatever you're doing on the toilet so there's that aspect of it and then on top of that, like, so that you're wasting all of that water and then all, and then for lockdowns, all the food that stuff, that food comes wrapped in and all the contraband that gets thrown away. And, oh yeah, it's just so much waste. And all the stuff people destroy and everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. it can go on and on and on. Yeah. But it's crazy too. Like just the sheer amount of water that drips out of sinks. <laughs> oh Yes. You know, um, yeah. I mean, like, really, you know, and when I worked maintenance, I was a clerk and always, you know, there was always a ton of maintenance work orders for plumbing mm-hmm. sink runs continuously. You know, it was like, it's just crazy. And it's, you know, it's always right. And this is, but I so, guess, yeah, oh, sorry. But I was saying, but I guess that really doesn't have anything to do with my celly, who I'm disliking right now because they're really loud and they're standing at the bars and they're screaming at the person next door. Right. You know, oh, gosh. And, you, you know, you can have the other problem where, you know, I don't like my celly because he wants to smoke, you know, the fake weed, the tune. So he's always, you know, baked and popping the plug and knocking the power out. That, I actually have that problem. Uh, yeah. You've, well, you've been in medium custody, yep. which is actually the water thing reminded me. Like the serious thing with cellies, like in medium custody, if guys wanted to try and change because their cellies smoking too much tune, which is one thing that guys do in medium custody all the time, or is standing yelling at the bars, which is very common in medium custody, or if they're just throwing, setting things on fire and throwing them down the run, which is another medium custody or ad seg thing that 
though another thing they do if they just wanted to try and get attention or trying to get a new Sully is they'd flood the run, which is more like doesn't they make would, any sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense because now you've just flooded your whole cell with toilet water, and now you have to wait for maintenance to come, and you have you're sitting in your own filth, and. It's yeah, I've never understood the logic with that one or starting a fire. No. You're in a concrete building. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, during the pandemic, when I, when I tested positive and they sent me off to, uh, to solitary during that, like they, some of the guys who they had brought in from other units who had tested positive, uh, they had started a fire in the like on the wing and i was like this is it sucked like you can't escape it you're just trapped in there with the room filling with smoke which is that's it just sucks yeah for real and it's i mean and you're that's the thing about your celly once they roll those doors you're just stuck yeah you know and you know, thank God I'm bottom bunk restricted, so I can never be on a top bunk. Mm-hmm. But if you're on a top bunk, you have to jump up onto that bunk. And then just it's just so many dynamics to that relationship. It's just crazy. You know, you have to use the bathroom with somebody that's, you know, depending on which way they lay on their bunk, their their head could be five feet from you or they could be like two feet from you. Right. You know, you have to... You know, and you live in a four by eight cell, and that includes a sink, a bath, I mean, a sink and a, a whatchamacallit, uh, the toilet. And it's just crazy. And then you, and all of your stuff. It's there, it's all in there. So, like, basically, everything you own is like that. That other person has access to it. They can go through it too. They can, and, they like, I don't know, but but the the worst part really is just the fact that you're stuck with them. Like, there are going to be times where you're just gonna end up in this cell with that person, no privacy at all. The Shakedown was produced in luxurious Longmont, Colorado. Envato Elements provided our theme song, Shakedown. If you want to support us, you can find Shakedown shirts, hoodies, and more at waywardpress.com. That's W-A-Y-W-O-R-D-Press.com. If you have ideas for future episodes or cool stuff you want to see us make, let us know in the comments on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at at GetTheShakedown.